everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Hall Gaming Podcast. My name is Jeremy Hall, I'm your host, and I am so excited to dive into the world of games with you each and every week. Before I take a second to introduce myself a bit better, I wanted to let you know some of the awesome things we're going to be doing around here. I'm going to be bringing you gaming news each and every week. New releases, updates, developer updates. Is there new hardware, software? Did something go terribly wrong? We're going to talk about anything as long as it pertains to video games. Second, I'm going to open up some debates for time to time. Is Mario 64 really a classic? Yes, it is. That's not really a debate. But there's so many other things that we just don't agree on. Are there games that we hold up as sacred that actually kind of went to crap over the course of time? Or is there something that really went unnoticed that doesn't get the credit it's looking for? We're going to debate that, and I'm going to bring you some of those hidden gems of games that you might have missed that you really shouldn't have. Now, of course, what would a podcast be without a major segment, a major story? We're going to cover something big every week. It might be the console wars. It might be why things go viral. We could talk about something a bit heavier like discrimination in gaming. None of these things are off limits, and I'm hoping to open up some lines of conversation that really matter in our hobby world. And finally, we're going to have some other ongoing segments from time to time. And I'm going to introduce you to one of those in just a bit. But today, we are kicking off this podcast with one of the biggest gaming questions of the year. PS5 or Xbox Series X? But before then, we're going to catch up on some gaming news. I'm going to introduce the show for the first time. And we're going to learn why one of gaming's biggest franchises falls into my first ever mildly irritating pet peeves. So enough about games. Let's talk about me. I don't think I've ever said that before in my life. <laughs> well, as I said, my name is Jeremy Hall, and I have been playing video games for about as long as I can remember. Uh, I remember my first ever video game was playing Crash Bandicoot on the PS1 at my uncle's friend's house. We were there for Lord knows what reason. I don't even remember. But they were sitting out in the back porch talking. I was just kind of sitting there being a four or five year old brat, I don't know what, and he comes over, he's like, hey, check this out, you might have fun, hooks up a PS1, enhanced me a controller, and up came the glorious start of Insanity Beach, and I loved that game, and I got crushed by it, I didn't crush it, I got crushed, I was terrible at it, but there was something about that that I loved, and that is what set off my path of video games. So I grew up in Ohio. I moved to Canada about three and a half years ago. Yes, it's cold up here. There's a lot of snow. I see moose regularly. That's just a thing now. And I've been married to my wife, Laurel, for a little over five years. Uh, no kids yet. It's just me, her, and a wonderful boxer puppy who is a handful. And when I'm not gaming, I am a full-time student finishing my Master of Divinity. That's a pastoral degree, if you don't know. And I've worked as a children's and youth pastor in the past. And yes, I know that tracks really well with being a gamer. And no, I have no regrets whatsoever about destroying teenagers at Super Smash Bros. That's just how it is. GameCube, Switch, I don't care. They're dead. 
Uh, but from here going forward, like I said, my first game was Crash Bandicoot on the PS1, and I got hooked on that right off the bat. So little four or five-year-old Jeremy was begging my mom for the brand new shiny PlayStation 2. I don't even know how I knew a PlayStation 2 existed, but I did. And I got it for Christmas as my first major console. <clears throat> so the first games for it, I had two instant classics, Tonka Space Station and Frogger the Great Quest. Yeah, I know. Hold the applause. Now, if you're unaware, and most of you certainly are unaware, or at least maybe should be, Tonka Space Station is a late-cycle PS1 game about Tonka toy trucks and a space station for kids. And I have very, very faint memories of this. And, you know, I'm thinking back, like, okay, this isn't a classic, but was it actually any good? And so, when I was getting ready to record today, I actually went to look it up. And I found an IGN review from 2000 saying, and this is a quote, Tonka Space Station is a prime example of what is wrong with kids' games because it makes every possible mistake. Ouch. And I watched some gameplay of it, and I don't know, like, if you want to waste five or so minutes of your life, look up some Tonka Space Station gameplay. It's kind of rough. But, 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 I got a second game as well. Like I said, Frogger the Great Quest. And it wasn't really any better. It was marginally better. I think IGN gave that one a 3 out of 10, but it was not good. Thankfully, I found two series that cleared the way for a lifetime love of gaming. Crash Bandicoot and Spyro the Dragon. These two sister franchises on the PlayStation 1, they both had three absolutely incredible kick-butt games. You can play all three of them on current generation consoles. They've been remastered. Go do it. They had three kick-butt games to start, and they all went right down the drain afterwards. But from there, it was all things platformers. I got into Jack and Dexter, Sly Cooper, Ratchet and Clank. This was my thing. And then I found Kingdom Hearts, and a whole new world opened up to me. Had uh, some RPGs, some JRPGs, shooters, action-adventure, a bit of puzzle. About the only thing I didn't really play was sports. Uh, but to be fair, I missed out on a ton of good RPGs and JRPGs. So feel free to drop some suggestions in the Hall Gaming Discord. I could use some recommendations. So we come all the way up to now, and I game on console mainly, and I have just started PC gaming. So the world is open, the sky's the limit, as far as games go. Uh, my budget. My budget is also a limit, but that's okay. Uh, I also want to let you know, I'm getting ready to launch my own Twitch channel, so keep an eye out on the Discord, on social medias for that. Feel free to look me up. It is Xenix68, Z-E-N-I-K-6-8, and it will be up and running very soon. So that's a little bit about me. That's a little bit about my gaming history. And I want to jump right into our first ever special segment, a mildly irritating pet peeve. And what is my pet peeve? Final Fantasy. Now, hold, hold, hold on up. Before anybody comes swinging at me, I really enjoy the few Final Fantasy games I've played. Final Fantasy XV is one of my favorite games of all time. 
Final Fantasy VII. I started getting into it recently for the first time, and it's incredible. Plus Kingdom Hearts, so many Kingdom Hearts games that have all the characters from Final Fantasy. So this isn't me ragging on the games themselves. My pet peeve is that the developers don't seem to know what the word final means. Y you know what happens when something is final? It's the last one. It's the only one. You know what Final Fantasy we're on? 16. They are getting to release 16. There have been 16 Final Fantasies. Now, 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 now. You can make an argument. Well, it uses different characters each time, so it's final for them. Okay, but that's not always the case. You have Final Fantasy X and X2. You have Final Fantasy 13, 13, 2, 13, 3. Do you know that final should mean final? It's not, we've been on a lot of adventures and this is the last one. No, 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 no. They went with this for the first game. It blew up. And they just kind of went, oh, we uh, have a bit of a hit here, which gives us a bit of a problem. So, why would you call your game Final Fantasy and then make 15 more of them? Well, apparently, this title wasn't their first choice. Apparently, the game was going to be called Fighting Fantasy, which makes sense. And it's also one of the lamest games this side of Tongue of the Fat Man and Farming Simulator 2020. And yes... Tongue of the Fat Man is a real game. Absolutely, don't know what it's about, but it exists. So they want to call this game Final Fantasy, but for whatever reason, legally, they couldn't. And so they kind of had to come up with another game. Now, some people are like, well, maybe the developer, we know they're running low on funds. They might have thought this was going to be their last game. So they called it Final Fantasy. It was their final product. And that could be true. However... The director of Final Fantasy, the original one, on the NES, has gone on the record saying that literally any game title that started with the letter F would have worked. So, Final Fantasy it was instead of Fighting Fantasy. And I do have to stop and think about, as mildly frustrating as it is, let's be thankful that they settled on something like that. For example, you could have had Foghorn Fantasy, a game where a team of four chosen boats have to collect four ancient oil cans from around the world, and then light the chosen lighthouse to prevent the end of times. And only by filling the reservoir and cranking the Foghorn of Destiny can these boats return light to their world. Yes, I spent time writing that up. And no, I don't think that sounds too far off from one of the original Final Fantasy games. Like, tell me I am wrong. But what, what else could we have had? Frightening Fantasy. I don't know what that one is. If you have a good idea, drop it in the Discord. Fortnite Fantasy. Literally just Fortnite. The Lord turned his face from us and allowed this one to see the light much later. But hey, at least in Fortnite, we get digital marshmallow concerts in the game now, so... Woo! All right, all right, all right. Going on forward, we have some quick news. These are a few quick updates about things going on in the gaming world that I think are worth talking about, and so we're going to talk about them. First one, perennial legendary game, Cyberpunk 2077, is delayed again. We're going to get this one out of the way fast. The hotly anticipated new game, 
from CD Projekt Red has been delayed not once, not twice, three times now. So this game was delayed from an initial release this past April 2020 to September. And then it got pushed from September to November. Now, we can chalk that up to a lot of reasons. It might have been the COVID uh, pandemic going on. There's obviously crunch in trying to get a game this massive done and debugged and working well. So we got bumped all the way to November 2020. And people are like, cool, at least it'll launch with the new console generation. Except that's not what happened. Because we heard recently, actually, that it had gone gold, which meant the game was functionally ready to be printed on a disc. That does not mean that the game is done, however. So, while millions of fans were having a sigh of relief, the game's gone gold, we're just about ready to go, it was replaced a few days later with those millions of fans screaming as it was pushed yet again to December 10th, 2020. So, why does a game delay like this sting so bad? Now, maybe it's because the original reveal of this game was announced in May of 2012. Do you want to know where I was in May of 2012? I was getting ready to graduate from high school. I was in high school when this game was announced. And then they dropped the first teaser trailer in 2013. And people have been excited for this game ever since. It looks like a killer game. It sounds like a killer game. We've got Keanu Reeves in it now. And if you know the history of this developer, they did the Witcher series. They knock their stuff out of the park. So this has quickly become one of the most anticipated games of all time. So, yes, it's okay to be sad. It's okay for you to joke that Cyberpunk 2077 will actually release in 2077. Those things are all fine. But whatever you do, whatever you do, don't be the freaking jerk who sends CD Projekt Red death threats because of a month-long delay because that is a real thing that has happened and that's not cool so do me a favor don't be that person don't send death threats and just be patient for the last month next up on our uh, quick news we have twitch sensations among us and phasmophobia both of these games have gone viral and they are both preparing for some big updates so, if you have watched any Twitch, you've probably seen Among Us for sure. It's almost inescapable. This game came out in 2018. Uh, it essentially plays like the party game Mafia. If you ever played that in high school or a youth group or anything like that, you take Mafia and you cross it with John Carpenter's The Thing, and that's what Among Us is. And then you get Phasmophobia. This is a game where you play as sort of a pre-Ghostbusters. So you know the Ghostbusters, they go in with their uh, proton packs and they capture the ghost and everything's awesome. These are the interns they send in before them. So you're in a group of four usually. You go into a haunted house or a farmhouse or a high school or an asylum. And you are searching for clues to determine what spirit is there. And then try to get the holy heck out of Dodge before it's too late meaning it kills you. The ghost will mess you up. So now, uh, as a heads up, I intend to do a full podcast in the coming weeks on these games and what makes them go viral, uh, how do you keep interest, that sort of thing. Why are we drawn to these? 
But for now, it's worth knowing that more content is coming to both of them. So if you like streaming them, if you like watching people stream it, if you just like to play Phasmophobia by yourself and get scared, whatever, that's your thing. More content's coming. So for Among Us, Among Us actually had a sequel coming, Among Us 2, and they canceled it due to the sudden success of the original game. Now that sounds really weird to say out loud, but it's because that the developers are taking all the content that they had for Among Us 2, and they're adding it to the original game instead. And apparently in the more immediate future, they're still going to bring some updates before they do all the busy work of trying to move things over to the older code and get the content up and running. So there's a new map coming for free, apparently. There's going to be new tasks to complete. They're going to make an account system for players to log into and more. And from what I'm seeing, some of these updates are coming as soon as December 2020. So if you've got that itch for a little bit more of Among Us and it hasn't completely disappeared yet, you've got some new content coming soon. Now, Phasmophobia, on the other hand, is a sudden smash hit, and the developer says new contents and fixes are on the way, and there's two things you need to know about this. One, Phasmophobia is in early release. It's in Steam Early Access, so this is like the alpha or the beta of the game. It's not meant to be finished. It's meant for people to hop on to kind of experience it and test it, and so he, they weren't really expecting this game to blow up like it was going to. Also, the entire development team is one dude, and this is the first game he's ever made, and he's selling hundreds of thousands of copies of this game on Steam. It's flying. Everybody's playing it, especially as Halloween came and passed recently. So, despite this one-person developer team making his first game, having it basically be in beta mode, and suddenly it's exploded to where everybody's playing it, He's still pumping out some updates and fixes pretty fast. Over the last few weeks, a lot of the bugginess of it, it's uh, been taken care of, actually. Halloween came and passed. He put some new stuff in. But most importantly, he put a new ghost model. And I saw this. It looks like the girl from The Grudge just freaking crawling at you real fast. And it is terrifying. Did I mention this game was designed as a VR title? You can play it without VR, but it's meant for you to have the VR headset on and you turn around and like some demon looking thing is standing there, get ready to rip your head off. So all that's to say is the game is freaking terrifying and all of this new content is boding well for the future of the title. Hopefully people don't completely just run out of steam on it since spooky season's over and they give it a real good chance for the future. So finally, on our quick news, we have a blast from the past, Pokemon Go. Do you all remember Pokemon Go? It's okay if you don't, it might not have been on your apps for a while, but it's a fun memory from an ancient time where people could still go outside. And, you know, they would go around and they would try to catch Pokemon in the real world. It's really fun. People broke into cemeteries. That wasn't really fun trying to get, like, whatever rare Pokemon was behind the fence. But I thought that this was pretty far in the past. I haven't heard anything about Pokemon Go in quite some time. And it seems like it's a bit more than a memory for a lot of you. Because developer Niantic has reportedly earned over one billion dollars, one billion with a B, in 2020 so far. It's November when we're recording this. People can't go outside. I mean, they can go for a walk, but that's about it. 
$1 billion. So good job, all you Pokemon tra uh, trainers. You're apparently catching them all. Uh, everyone else, feel free to press F to pay respect for the wallets of all of those trainers. They're going to need some support. Alright, so it is time for our first main story of the Hall Gaming Podcast. And this is the one that every gamer is already aware of this year. Gen 9 is upon us. And no, I don't mean that Game Freak has already thrown Sword and Shield to the wind and released a new Pokemon game. It would be Pokemon Gun. Gun is the only thing that makes sense with Sword and Shield. Gun. But instead, we have another round of Sony versus Microsoft, as the new console's release in mid-November is coming soon in North America. Now, I'm aware that many of you have already decided which of these systems you're going to go with when you can. It might be at launch, it might be when you can afford it, you might just have gone, eh, I'm sticking with my 360. That's okay, that's okay. But, also... Maybe you're listening to this podcast, and it's late enough you're standing in line to pick one up, or you're sitting down in front of your PS5 and getting ready to getting ready to play. In that case, good on you. You've already figured it out. But for others of you, you're trying to figure out where you're going to go. Some people know where they're going, because maybe you're staying in your console family from the previous generation. You don't want to lose your titles and your progress. Others of you are migrating to the ecosystem, to the platform where your friends are. And I want to say from the start, those are good and completely legitimate reasons to choose a system. And I don't want to let the fanboys and fangirls tell you otherwise. At the end of the day, playing games is all about fun. It's your system to have fun with. So whichever one you go with, embrace it, enjoy it, have fun with it. And as an aside... I totally get that there's some PC Master Race peeps out there that have likely laughed and tuned out by now. For you guys, I totally get it. Go have fun with League of Legends and Crusader Kings 3. The rest of us are going to uh, have to have a discussion because we're bound to a TV, not a monitor. So I'm going to catch up with the rest of you guys in a moment. So for the rest of you... For one reason or another, you're likely wondering which one to go with, and you're seriously kind of trying to consider the pros and cons. And if that's you, welcome to the conversation, my friend. And I want to make one thing clear. Either way you go, you're going to end up with a great product. Sony and Microsoft tend not to make crap if you ignore one red ring of death thing that happened a while back. But other than that, I think you're going to have a good time with either platform either way. But we're not here for a good time. We're here for the best time. So here is our conversation. So our criterion, over the next few minutes, we're going to consider the PS5 and the Series X across a few categories. We're going to look at the specs very, very broadly. Uh, there are people online who could break down the specs far, far better than I can. So we're going to kind of do a 30,000 foot view of that. We're going to look at the exclusives, what's coming out on launch day or very close to it in that window, and what's some of the killer games that are coming very soon down the pipeline, 2021, maybe 22. Backwards compatibility. Most of us have libraries of games going back a generation, two, three, and we want to know, will this stuff work on the new platform? So we're going to consider that. 
The fourth, and perhaps most important for many of us, is the price. How much does this thing cost? And really, is it worth what you're paying for? And finally, I'm adding in a little bit of my own, a killer feature or features. What does this platform have that it thinks is the death blow to why you should buy X platform? So, first off, let's go ahead and take a look at the specs. So, for our specs, if you go ahead and take a look, they're pretty similar. Like, that is just, at the end of the day, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, not the S, but the Xbox Series X are going to be virtually identical. The Series X is a bit more powerful. It's going to have a little bit better performance and graphics uh, because once you get into teraflops, like the PS5 has 10.3 of these things and the Series X has 12 of them. So 12 is higher than 10. So obviously the Xbox Series X is the thing. Uh, but here's the thing we got to remember. One, most of us don't know what a teraflop is. And two, just because a system offers that much computing power, that doesn't necessarily mean that every single game is going to take full advantage of it. And so, especially when you're looking at third-party games that are going to be playable on both systems, you're going to be spinning out pretty relatively close performance. Both of these systems are going to be in 4K. Both of them are going to be able to handle particles and physics and graphics far, far better than the ones before it. So we're going to give the slight edge to the Series X in specs, but don't let that be a deal breaker because these are both powerhouse gaming consoles. Next, we come to the exclusives. And the exclusives is the first category where I personally see a really big difference here. So first, what are some of the big games for the PlayStation 5 at launch? You got Demon Souls, the remake of the 2000, is it 9? Uh, the 2000, late 2000s hit that was the precursor to Dark Souls. A lot of people missed out on it. Other people hold it as a fond memory, and it's coming back cleaner and playing better than ever. Then you got Spider-Man Miles Morales, and a lot of people are going to stop and say, well, hold up, Jeremy, that's not quite a full game. I'll beg to differ, it's most of a full game, and they're charging you accordingly for it, and either way, it's more Spider-Man content, and I'm hyped for it. I love Spider-Man, favorite superhero. We have Astro's Playroom, I believe that's packed in with each PS5. You've got Bug Snacks coming out for free if you're a PlayStation Plus member during the launch window. Godfall's coming out, and Sackboy, A Big Adventure, if you're into the Little Big Planet series, or if you're just looking for a fun platformer to play with the friends. So that's your launch window. Pretty good. Down the road, God of War Ragnarok, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Deathloop, Ghostwire Tokyo, Horizon Zero West, the PS5 has some crazy, amazing games coming out within its first year or so. Like, it is loaded with exclusives. And please note, I'm saying exclusives specifically, because there's a lot of good games coming out for these systems. You got Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you got Watch Dogs Legion, things like that. But it's coming out for both of them. So whichever one you pick, you're going to be able to play it. So these are exclusives. And I think the PS5 is looking 
pretty good. So what about Xbox? At launch, we have pretty much nothing. Like, I'm not saying there's nothing new coming, but there is nothing particularly exciting on launch day that isn't available on both platforms or isn't a carryover from the Xbox One. Might be updated, look a little bit nicer. You got Gears of War 5, stuff like that. But there's nothing new. Nothing that's like a killer, I need to buy this system for this game. There's some smaller games that are launching with it. They look like a lot of fun. I'd like to play them. But it's not even worth putting on this launch list. So what do we have down the road? Now, Xbox down the road looks a little bit better. I'm still a bit hesitant about it, and here's why. You have the killer app, first off, Halo Infinite. That was supposed to be the killer launch title for Xbox, except it got delayed to 2021. And I don't know if any of you saw the reveal of this thing during Xbox's game showcase. It's not looking too great. Like, it looks crappy. I like the idea of a more open-world Halo. I really hope it goes well. Halo uh, 4 and 5 didn't really do much for me, but everything like 3 Reach before then, killer game. So I would love to see Infinite do well. It's just not coming out soon. Then you have Fable. Fable is a franchise that's been with Xbox the whole time. People love it, go crazy for it. I love Fable, and there's a new one coming. Eventually. Uh, State of Decay 3 is coming at some point if you like your zombie shooters. Forza Motorsport, we're just calling it Forza Motorsport. It's coming, looks sharp, eventually. Got Stalker 2, we got Everwild by Rare. Suna Saga, Hellblade 2, we've got Psychonauts 2, and Lord of the Rings Gollum. But the problem is, most of these don't have release dates yet. So they are coming, but a lot of your launch window stuff for the Xbox... It's going to be coming through those shared titles like Valhalla, like Watch Dogs Legion, like 2K and Madden. Not saying that's bad, and especially if those are the games you want to play and you want to stay on the Xbox ecosystem, then by all means. But if we're going for big exclusives, I'm going with PS5. And before we move on, I will say I realize that most of those PS5's exclusives are single player, mainly. So, if you aren't really down for single player and you're more of a multiplayer person, then maybe that doesn't mean quite as much for you. Maybe Xbox, okay, they don't have the killer app day one, but they all my friends are on it. Fair enough. But, at least for what interests me, PS5 has it going. And they have unique games on day one. So, backwards compatibility. This is really easy to sort out in theory. But here we go. PS5, you're going to be able to play PS4 games only. But, 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 almost every single physical or digital PS4 game will work. If you've bought it in the, micro, in the Sony store before, if you've got it for PS Plus, whatever your thing is, you just sign in to a PS5 with the same PlayStation account you used on the prior generation, your whole library is still going to be there. If you have a disc and you get the physical edition of the PS5, we'll talk more about that in a second, you just pop the disc in, it's going to work. But if you're wanting PS1, PS2, or PS3 games, you're just out of luck, man. I'm sorry. 
you're not going to be ripping out your old school Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage on the PS1. You want that, you're going to have to get the Reignited Trilogy. Which, for a lot of people, that's not really an issue. But there's some of us who have been collecting these games since the 90s. And we really would love to be able to see the games get emulated on a new system. So if you're hoping to play your old school games on the PS5, that's just not going to happen. You're going to have to dig out your PS2. Xbox, on the other hand. Xbox is killing it in backwards compatibility. So you have the Series X, Series S. Every single Xbox One game will be playable. Just about every one with their Xbox One X upgrades if you have that system. Also, any original Xbox or Xbox 360 game that has previously been made backwards compatible is still going to be. Whether you pop in the disc or you download the download, it's still going to work. Now, is that universal? Every single game that they put out is going to work? It's not. But that means that if you still have your collection of old school Xbox games or 360 games, the major ones are probably still going to work. I'm not saying you pop in that Burger King exclusive uh, Sneak King they gave out in 2006 or whatever. But if you have some of the core games, if you want to bust out your Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, it's going to work. So, by and far, Xbox is going to take the backwards compatible crown for me. Price. Price, price, price. This is important. The PS5, you've got two versions of this system. You have a physical system and you have a digital system. The physical one is the PS5 in all its might and glory as you have seen. It looks like a giant Wi-Fi router. It has a bit of a bulge on the side of it for the disk drive. And it's going to go for about $500 USD at launch. And to be honest, for what it's offering, that's not bad at all. This isn't the PS3 debacle where they tried to launch a system for like six or 700 bucks and people went, heck no. No, this is a pretty good price for a full launch thing. Now, digital. This is the biggie for me. The PlayStation 5 all digital version means it does not have a disk drive. So everything you play on, it's going to have to be a download. $400 US. But there's no other cuts. It is the exact same system as the physical PS5, the physical edition, except it doesn't have a disk drive. So if you don't really care to have a collection of physical media, or if you're in the Spotify generation going, I want everything digital anyway, get the digital edition. It's $100 cheaper and you're not losing out on any quality. The catch is it's almost impossible to find a digital edition. And it makes sense to me because if you're a Walmart or GameStop or EB Games or Best Buy and Sony is selling you a product and going, hey, you can sell this one for $500 and then people will come back to your store and buy the games. Or you can sell this one for $400 and they'll never be able to get anything from you again that's not a code. The businesses are going to look after their self-interest and go, I'm going to stock the one that's going to help me. So makes a lot of sense why you only see the physical one. And on Sony's side too, they want to be able to say that we have the three $399 price point on a system. But then they don't need to have that many of it because they can use it on the advertising starting at $399. You know how that goes. So Xbox, we have two systems, the Series X 
in the Series S. And this is not the same comparison as what we just had for the PlayStation 5. The Series X is also $500 USD. Killer price point, the thing is literally a brick, but physical PS5 and Series X, it's the same price. So you're not going to have to take that into account. The Series S, however, goes for $300 US, which is $100 cheaper than even the digital version of the PS5. But, and there's a big but with this, the Series S is not the same quality as the Series X. The Series S doesn't have a disk drive, but it also doesn't have a lot of these 4K, like, top-of-the-line capabilities that the Series X has. The Series S is more comparable to what the Xbox One X was. It's still really powerful. It's going to pump out some stuff. And if you're just wanting a system that will play the new games pretty decently or something for your family, this is a killer one to get. But if you're looking for a top-of-the-line gaming experience, your 4K, the max uh, output this thing can do, you're going to have to go for a Series X or a PS5 because the Series S is just the cheaper little brother, not the same system at all. So finally, we've talked about exclusives, backwards compatibility, your specs, your price, the killer features. And each one of the systems has something that's really marketing. PS5, their whole thing is the games speak for themselves. Look at all those games I listed. There's so many more we just didn't have time for. But they're like, the games speak for themselves. You're a gamer. You want games? We got the games. Bring it. And there's some other things. The haptic feedback on the controllers seems pretty legit. I've never experienced it before or played around with it. But having that tension and that feedback in the controller, I think is going to be really cool. And Sony's also doing a lot with this 3D audio thing where they're talking about, okay, we decided not to do Dolby Atmos or whatever for our audio. Instead, we're going to make our own audio system and you could buy these headphones. In theory, down the road, it'll work with any headphones, but they're releasing their own ones to start with. And they're going, we're going to make this literally 3D audio. Before, you've had it where you could hear kind of the direction sounds are coming from. But say it's raining around you. You're going to hear one rain track and just maybe the direction or all the way around you. They're saying we can program this 3D audio thing where you can hear individual raindrops. And like it can simulate where things are hitting to make it more immersive. I think that can be pretty cool. Would I call it a killer feature? You need to buy the system for this? No. But it is cool. And if some of the developers start picking up on it, especially the first party ones... I think it can make things a bit more immersive and pretty neat. The Series X, it does not have the launch lineup of the PS5. But, and I think Microsoft has made it pretty clear what their killer thing is, and that is Xbox Game Pass. If you haven't seen it already on Xbox, you can pay a monthly subscription, and in addition to getting your gold, your online access, and a few free games each month, you can get this Xbox Game Pass where they have a hundred or so titles in a library you can download for free. They come in and out from time to time, but most of them stick around for a good long time. Games everywhere. 
and every single Xbox first-party release, the ones that they're developing themselves, Halo, Fable, Forza, all these things, they're going to be available on Game Pass day one, no extra cost. So this isn't a Disney's Mulan thing where they drop it on Disney Plus and it's like, oh, and would you please pay an extra $30 to access this? No, they're saying, you want to play Halo Infinite? You don't want to go buy it? That's okay. Game Pass. Give us your 15 bucks a month. You can play this thing all you want, full game. You just lose it when you end the subscription. It's like a Netflix of games. And they bought Bethesda. If you haven't seen this, Xbox, Microsoft bought Bethesda, the creator of Elder Scrolls and Skyrim. They have Wolfenstein and Doom. And so this, all those properties, all these games are Microsoft's now. They're, they're starting out by throwing Doom Eternal on Game Pass right off the bat. And pretty much every game that Bethesda id releases is going to be on Game Pass. Now, to be fair, there's a few games coming out for the PlayStation uh, 5 that are Bethesda games. That's where your death loop is. I think Ghostline Tokyo is the other one. Correct me if I'm wrong. And they're still going to let those be, they're going to honor those deals for what it looks like. But after those two, it is open season. Microsoft doesn't have to put those on the PS5 if they don't want to. And if they do, they're going to be raking in the cash from the other side. So Bethesda is a huge grab. And while the PS5, Sony, they have a lot of really good developers, Insomniac, Naughty Dog, uh, those places, they can't keep up with Game Pass quite yet. They're getting ready to launch the PlayStation Plus collection. Uh, PlayStation Plus collection. It's not a plushie. I'm sorry. But it's going to have some of the bigger PS4 games. You're talking Persona 5, God of War, Ratchet and Clank, things like that. Good games. Fun games. I'm excited to go back. And they're saying, hey, with your PlayStation Plus subscription, these are free too. That's great. But you can't keep up with the massive amount of games that Game Pass has. Plus, Sony has come out pretty clear and said... We don't think it's a good long-term strategy to release our big games for basically free on day one. Honestly, I can't say I disagree with that, but what Xbox is doing is good for the consumer, and that's what I care about. I care about the consumer right now in this argument. So the killer feature, it comes down to who you are. I think that if you're just looking plain at it, Game Pass is too incredible of a deal to pass up. For me, the games that PlayStation is releasing are the games that I love, but Game Pass and Bethesda is so hard to not say, dang, Microsoft did something good there. So finally, in summary, we have these two systems. The specs are pretty close to one another. The price for the main versions is exactly the same for one another. PS5 is killing it on the exclusives. Microsoft can't compete there. Xbox is killing it on the backwards compatibility. Sony can't compete there. And both groups kind of have a killer feature. But Microsoft does kind of take that. So at the end of the day, I don't know if I can crown one exclusively over the other. Now, now that's not quick clickbait. I'm going to tell you why. Because I think it's what you're coming looking to it for. If you're coming looking for awesome single-player experiences... The PS5 is hands down your place to go. Hands down. 
But if you don't play as much single player, if you're more about the online multiplayer, if you're more about having access to a big backlog of games, if you're wanting to be able to pop open the Netflix of video games and find something you might have missed, Xbox is the place to be. The Series X is the place to be if you're looking for multiplayer and if you're looking for just an incredibly vast array of games. Which one am I going with? I'm picking up my PS5 at midnight on launch day because I love me some Spider-Man and I'm going to wreck some things of God of War here in a few months when that thing comes around. But someday, I'll get an Xbox. I'd like to see Halo live again too. But PS5 all the way for me. And wherever you end up, that's okay. We'll play some games. Well, all right, everyone. That is going to wrap up our first ever episode of the Hall Gaming Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I want to give a shout out. Please follow us on social media if you haven't done so yet. I'm guessing you haven't done so yet, most likely. It's our first episode. Uh, Go over to Apple, give us a review. A five-star would really help out the channel. I know that people get sick and tired of seeing like and subscribe, but man, it helps out content creators so much. So if you'd like to do that, it would be a huge help for me. Uh, Also, we have a Discord going on. It is the Goon Studios Discord. I am on there with my brothers Nate and Sam over at the Nonsensical Podcast. We are in one big podcast network, so please go join the Discord, hop into the conversations with me, tell me what you liked about the episode, what you didn't like, how many times I messed something up because I know I did and didn't catch it. And also go like them too and check out Nonsensical Podcast. And finally, like I said earlier, I am getting ready to launch my first ever Twitch channel at Xenix68. So keep an eye on Discord and social media for when that's going to launch. I'll have some new pages for that. But I would love for you guys to join me from time to time live. We'll dive into some games. We'll explore some suggestions that you guys have on stuff I might have missed. And I think it's just going to be a really good time. And I'd love to get to know some of you better. So thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone, and we will see you next week when we go on to talk about viral games. Thanks. Thanks.